0: Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world, we have had a tremendous last couple of months here in 2018. Uh, myself and Lacey, our family, our church, man, God is just good. Uh, I don't know about you, but the first part of our 2018, really by the first two thirds, I was pretty rough. And we went through some things. The devil was just trying to stir up some trouble. And uh, I tell you, there were some times I had to do some rejoicing by faith uh, because things weren't looking too pretty. Uh, As far as the circumstances, but what I found out over the years is that miracles aren't pretty until they happen And i'm telling you we've had some miracles happen for us in the area of finances in the area of healing uh, Ministry wise doors being opened up. It's just been phenomenal And so I just want to encourage you if you're going through some tough times right now If you're standing in faith for some things and it just looks like it's impossible for it to happen I just want to encourage you uh, You keep your eye on the prize you keep your eye uh, on the word of God and realize that God is faithful to his word. And if you just won't give up, if you don't give in, hey, the devil has already been defeated. Uh, and, and God is great. He, he is a master at flipping the script. And so uh, just stay steady. Be patient. Keep your faith on him. And I'm telling you, it'll come to pass. It always comes to pass. God's word always comes to pass if you will just... Keep your faith in him. And so, uh, going into 2019, we're going to continue to believe even bigger and go after the impossible. Why would we go after the impossible? Well, because with God, it's doable. It's always doable with God on your side. And so, I want to encourage you to believe bigger than you believed this year and sow more than you sowed this year. Let's do more for God than we did this year. And a part of that advancing and going forward and pressing is, well, is renewing your mind and changing the way that we think. And there's a statement that I was, I had someone say to me a couple of weeks ago, we were having a conversation in regards to healing. And this person is dealing with, with a situation uh, and needing healing in their body. And they made this statement. They said, I believe God. I know healing is ours. Uh, we're in faith. We're just waiting on God to do it. And just because of the situation at that moment, I didn't really get into it, just left it alone. But the more I thought about it, just the more uh, upset it made me. Uh, And I know it's wrong. I've known it's wrong for years, but I wanted to deal with it because it's a hindrance for many of us. Many of us that uh, know truths and realities in regards to the authority of the believer, and healing and the power of our confession the power of our words uh, know some things about redemption and righteousness we know that healing is ours we know that it's been provided we know that it's a part of Jesus's death burial and resurrection that he provided for us but there's this statement there's this lingering uh, belief this thought that God is, is holding out like Jesus took care of it for us but it's still in heaven and we, we have to get God to give it to us. And so what I want to do today, I want to take a few moments and I want to go through some really really familiar scriptures to a lot of you uh, what were what we'd call redemption scriptures in regards to healing and it's the classic ones of Isaiah 53 4 and 5, Matthew 8:17 and 1 Peter 2:24. I just want to look at those and uh, point out a few things in regards to this and, and let's just deal with this sacred cow here that uh, we're waiting on God to do it. We're still waiting on God uh, to heal us or heal that person. So if you would, if you got a Bible with you, uh, turn over to Isaiah 53, four and five. Now, if you're uh, driving or something like that, hey, just listen. We don't want you taking your eyes off the road, but Isaiah 53, four and five. I'm gonna read this out of the Amplified Bible. In verse four, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, weakness, and distresses. And he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, and yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as, of, as if with leprosy. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement, the need to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and we are made whole. I want you to notice in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5, it says that Jesus He took our sicknesses and our weaknesses and he carried those away. He took them and by those stripes we are healed and made whole. And so this is obviously talking about not just sin but also sickness and disease here. Uh, You have a spiritual thing and a physical thing here. And then in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17, uh, you see Isaiah being quoted by Matthew And it says in verse 17, and thus he fulfilled, talking about Jesus, thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Again, a second time we see that Jesus, he not only took our sins, but he also took our sicknesses. He took our diseases. Notice this word took. You know, if I had uh, a a uh, object in my hand and you came and you grabbed it out of my hand, you took it from me and you walked off, that would mean I don't have it anymore, right? And so think about this statement and that two times already we see that Jesus, he took our sicknesses and he took our diseases. And many of us, we understand that, we believe that, but at the same time we'll say, well, we're just waiting on God to do it. Or essentially what we're saying is we're waiting on God to take it. Well, you can't have both things, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing as you can't be a sinner saved by grace. You're either a sinner or you're saved by grace. Well, it's the same thing in regards to this redemptive reality. Either Jesus took it or we're waiting on God to take it. And you cannot believe these scriptures and quote these scriptures and yet at the same time say, I'm waiting on God to take it. In other words, either you believe Jesus took it or you believe Jesus didn't take it and you've done everything that you're supposed to do and you're just waiting on God to take it. You can't have both. Either Jesus took it or we're waiting on God to take it. But let's look at this third one, this third redemptive scripture, 1 Peter 2.24. Again, reading out of the Amplified, it says, Jesus, he personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we would die now notice this that we would cease to exist to sin and live under righteousness by whose by his wounds you have been healed so right here we see that jesus he bore our sins and we see this connection with healing and this other word that that comes in here this word righteousness it says that jesus he took our sins so we would die to sin, we would cease to exist to sin, and we could live under right his righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. Now it's interesting when we hear people talk about first Peter two twenty-four, because rarely do we hear them talk about the first part. The focus is always on the latter part of the scripture, that last phrase, by his stripes, by his wounds, you are healed. But I want you to notice that uh, the focus of 1 Peter 2.24 is not necessarily on healing. The focus of 1 Peter 2.24 is on righteousness, that uh, Jesus, he took on our sin, so we could live under righteousness, that we would die, cease to exist as sin, so we could live under righteousness. And if you put that together with 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17 and verse 21, Verse 17 says that uh, we are no longer uh, that old person. It says that when we became in Christ, we were in Christed, we became a brand new creation, that old things passed away and all things became new. And in verse 21 says that he who knew no sin, Jesus, he became that sin, so he took that sin and he became it so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ, so we see here that Jesus took the, took the sin and he took the sickness. Well, if Jesus took it, then that means it, it has to be gone. And yet this would be a, a very good question that I've heard people ask. Well, if Jesus took it, then how come it's still here? Well, friends, think about it. When I was born again, when I was made a brand new creation in Christ, when I was united with him, uh, sin lost its power over me. And if there is a sin-sickness uh, connection, I'm not saying that if you're sick, it's because you did anything wrong, but we, we understand and know that, that sickness and disease showed up in this earth because sin showed up. So it, it was an effect, it was a result of sin. But if the sin problem was taken care of, that means the sickness and disease problem was taken care of. Now we know that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's still sin in this world. Uh, that isn't gone, but we know that sin no longer has power and dominion over you. Well, it would be the same thing with sickness and disease. We know that when you're born again, there's still sickness and disease out here. But again, now it no longer has power and authority over you. And so when you became united with Christ, uh, the sin problem was done and the sickness and disease problem was done. So why would it still be there? Well, a large part of the problem is, is that, you know, many of us, It was 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years until we received salvation. And then for many of us that's been saved for a long time, It's just been the last couple of years, or maybe you're somebody like there's there's a new guy in our church, and he told me he's been saved for 50 years and just now hearing this, that he doesn't have to have this mess in his life anymore. And what it really comes down to is that because of our union, Uh, It no longer has authority, no longer has power. It doesn't need to be here, but because we've lived in this world for so long and lived according to the norms, it's normal for us. Sickness and disease is normal for us. We have accepted that when, when the season begins to change in the fall, that's flu season. And we've accepted that in the spring, when the flowers are blooming and trees, you know, the leaves are showing up, that that's allergy season. Like we've accepted these things, and we've just accepted it to be normal. But what you begin to find out through the study of the scriptures is that we're not waiting on God to do anything. Uh, he's waiting on us to change the way that we think. Again, if Jesus took it, we're not waiting on God to take it. God's waiting on us to change our mind, change our thinking, so we can tell it to go. See, look, if you look over at Romans chapter six, again, we're gonna look at the Amplified today. Romans chapter six and verse five, it says, for if we have become one with him, By sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for God. We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, would be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we would no longer be the slave of sin. Friend, here's a powerful truth right here in verse six. We're not going to spend much time on it today. I just want to point this out notice he said the instrument of sin would be made ineffective and inactive for evil that we're no longer a slave for sin well if this instrument of sin this body has been made ineffective and inactive for evil for sin then it's also been made ineffective and inactive for sickness and disease see jesus he not only paid the price for our spirit he also paid the price for our body our body is not to be conducive the sickness and disease and arthritis and deafness and blindness and, and heart issues and kidney issues and liver issues is not to be that way anymore. We've got the DNA, the very life of God flowing in our spirit, just waiting to be activated by faith and released into our body. But in our minds, if our minds do not change, if we don't change the way that we think so that we're not being conformed to this world, if we don't do that, then we're going to continue to see the results of this world, even though Jesus already took it and took it all away so that we could just simply resist this stuff. Look at verse seven. It says, for when a man dies, he is freed from the power of sin among men. And you can also throw in the word sickness. We've been we've been freed from the power of sickness and disease. But then if you look at verse 10, it says, For by the death that he died, Jesus, Jesus died to sin, ending his relation to it once and for all. And the life that he lives, he is living to God, an unbroken fellowship with him. Well, that happened for you and I. We see it in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that we are the righteousness of God. That means we have unhindered fellowship with God. Uh, Not only in the sense that we can talk to him and hear from him, but also through that fellowship, through that communion, through that relationship, everything that's flowing through him is unhindered in flowing through us. See, God isn't withholding anything from you and he isn't holding anything against you. It's a powerful truth. Let me say that again. God isn't holding anything against you and he's not holding anything from you. Why? We have unbroken fellowship through the righteousness of God that Jesus provided for us. And so you got to change the way you think in that regard, because verse 11 says, even so you consider yourselves to be dead to sin and your relation to it broken and you alive unto God, living in an unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. So in the same way that Jesus on this earth, walking and living and ministering as a man and everything on the outside telling him uh, that you do not have these things with God, you're not the son of God, you're not the righteousness of God, Jesus had to do some considering his is mind and that's why we're told that even so we have to do some considering considering what considering that we are dead to sin and our relationship to it is broken and that we are dead to sickness and disease and our relation to it is broken why because jesus already took it he paid the price he bore the mark he took it away for you and i He took it away, so it's non-existent in us, but if things begin to come from this world against us, that's where we have to use our authority, and we use our faith, and we understand that we speak, and we live and move and minister from our position in him, seated at the right hand of God, and we declare these things to have no more existence in our life, no more power in our life, and that's why in verse 12 he said, therefore do not let sin, therefore rule as king in your mortal bodies to make you yield to its cravings and subject to its lusts and evil passions. See, he wouldn't tell you not to let it reign and not to let it exist and not to let it exert authority in your life if you weren't in a position to do so. Why would he tell you don't do this? Well, it's because, first of all, he told you in verse 11, consider yourself to be dead to sin, consider yourself to be dead to sickness, consider that Jesus already took it and because you understand Jesus already took it now in verse 12 don't let it stick around don't let it come near your dwelling uh, go back to to psalm 91 you know it shall not come near this tent Thousand may fall at one side and ten thousand at another, but it shall not come near you. Why? Dwelling in the shadow of the Most High. Well, I truly believe that that position under the new covenant is in Christ, that we're hidden in him, hidden with him, and nothing can come against us. And so it ultimately comes down to this, is that Jesus took it. Therefore, there's nothing for God to take, but instead what you and I need to do is renew our minds to the fact that we're dead to this and it is gone and it has no power over us so that we're in a position to exert our dominion and our authority in Christ so that we deny its existence to be in our bodies. So don't buy into that lie that, you know, we know that we are redeemed from it and Jesus did all these things, but we're just waiting on God to do uh, his part. No, friend, God did his part when he sent his son and Jesus did his part when he took it to the cross and took it to the pit of hell. And then he rose up victorious and took a seat at the right hand of God and unified you with him that is the ultimate victory and it's the victory that you and i are designed and created to live in in this day in this age well i hope that encouraged you and inspired you i know that got me pretty stirred up i'm going to be thinking about that the rest of the day but i would encourage you hey if if you've never heard this before i get the scriptures out ask the holy spirit to show you and teach you i'm telling you he's the ultimate teacher and guide into all things that are true These are some basic redemptive realities that you and I must grab a hold of in order to experience everything Jesus designed and created and died for us to experience ourselves. Well, hey, however you're listening, I would just ask you this one thing. If you would share this with your friends on social media, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, however you're listening, and if you would leave us a review, it helps us in getting the word out. And I just want to uh, tell you right now, have a great Christmas, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. We're looking forward to a a tremendous 2019, even bigger. Our best year hasn't happened yet. Uh, We're expecting 2019 to be the best year, and then we'll just keep on advancing after that. But friends, God bless you. Have a great day, a great week. And remember that in Christ, we always win.